Hello everyone, this is Jim Lucy, Editor-in-Chief for Electrical Wholesaling and Electrical Marketing with the May 17th edition of the Today's Electrical Economy Podcast sponsored by Champion Fiberglass. The company began producing epoxy fiberglass conduit and fittings in 1988 and in 1989 developed the first conduit from epoxy resins that had flame resistance and low smoke characteristics. This met the most stringent codes and specifications. In today's broadcast, listeners will learn about the electrical distributor's growth projections for 2021 and see the list of some of the largest electrical distributor acquisitions that have occurred over the past few years. As always, we'll review some of the key weekly economic indicators that have been released over the past week, and that'll give you a sense of where the electrical economy may be headed in the coming weeks. These indicators are initial unemployment claims at the state level, rail freight car traffic, the Baker Hughes rig count, oil prices, copper prices. Our thanks again to Champion Fiberglass for once again sponsoring the Today's Electrical Economy series of podcasts for 2021. We're delighted to be working with Champion. Let's first look at unemployment claims at the state level. The weekly unemployment data from the U.S. Department of Labor and the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics highlights the states with the most unemployment claims. It's valuable to electrical distributors, manufacturers, and independent reps because it provides some insight into the unemployment situation at the state and local level. For the week ending May the 8th, the advanced figure for seasonally adjusted initial claims was 472,000, a decrease of 34,000 from the previous week's revised level. This is the lowest level for initial claims since March 14th of last year when it was 256,000. The advanced seasonally adjusted unemployment rate was 2.6% for the week ending May 1st, a decrease of 0.1% from the previous week's revised rate. The previous week's week's revised rate declined to 2.6% from 2.7%. Let's take a look at the 10 states with the biggest decreases in unemployment claims from the previous week. First in first position is Michigan with a decline of 14,589. We've got New York with a decline of 8,441 fewer claims. Vermont with a nice decline of 5,860 claims. Florida with a decline of 4,893 claims. Other states checking in with with declines of uh, 1,000 or more included Missouri, Oregon, Arizona, Massachusetts, Delaware, and Idaho. We did have several states that checked in with quite a few more claims than they had the previous reporting period. In first position was Georgia, which had 7,037 more claims than previously. Washington, which had 5,601 more claims in the previous reporting period. Illinois, with 2,797 more claims in the previous period. Pennsylvania, with 1,991 more claims than the previous period. And Minnesota, with 1,893 more claims. Now let's take a look at one of the more interesting leading indicators for the overall U.S. economy, freight rail traffic. It's a measure of the amount of raw materials and finished goods being shipped by rail. The best source for this data is the American Association of Railroads, or AAR. It publishes this data weekly and is available at www.aar.org. For the week ending May the 8th, total U.S. weekly rail traffic was 523,039 carloads and intermodal units. This is up 26.9% compared with the same week last year. For the first 18 weeks of 2021, U.S. railroads reported a cumulative volume of 4,998,956 carloads. That's up 4% from the same point last year. The number of intermodal units was up 18.1% from last year. Total combined U.S. traffic for the first 18 weeks of 2021 was 9,179,744 carloads intermodal units. That's an increase of 11.3% compared to last year's numbers. 
All of the 10 Carlo commodity groups posted an increase compared with the same week in 2020. The ones with the biggest increases included coal, which is up 16,361 carloads, metallic ores and metals, which is up 9,925 carloads, and motor vehicles and parts, which is up 9,221 carloads. On a percent basis, grain had an increase of 23.6%, and motor vehicles and parts had the other really large increase with up 20.3% year-to-date compared with the same t t period last year. If you track the oil market, you're probably familiar with the Baker Hughes rig count, which tracks the oil and gas rigs that are operating. This data is available by state, basin, and nationally at www.rigcount.bakerhughes.com. This slide gives you an idea of the largest oil and gas deposits. It really gives you a good sense of just how many of the large oil players are in Texas and Oklahoma, and how big an area the Marcellus gas region covers in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and parts of West Virginia. Here's the most recent data for the Baker Hughes rig count. While it shows increases over the same time last year, the data is a big bit skewed because at, at this time last year, the rig counts were at historically low levels. For the week ending May the 14th, the U.S. had 453 rigs operating. That's up five rigs over the previous week and up 114 rigs from last year at this time. The nation's largest oil basin, the Permian Basin in Texas, was up 56 rigs over year over year during this time period. Economists like to call copper pricing Dr. Copper because it's a leading indicator of for future economic activity since copper is used in so many industries. The construction industry is among the leaders because of the, its use in wire and cable and copper plumbing pipe. Copper prices remain at the $4 per pound mark on the spot market. It's been there since February and this spot price actually hit a record last week on Tuesday when it, when it totaled to $4.76 per pound. Because economists are forecasting increasing demand for copper both in the short term as the economy heats up and in the long term because of the expected surge in demand for applications for in electric vehicles and electric grid hardening expansion, they're expecting prices to continue to increase for the foreseeable future. These prices correlate very directly with the price of stocks related to the copper market like Freeport McMoran, one of the biggest mining companies in the world. As you can see in the chart, Freeport stock has been on upward track since the beginning of January. I found it very interesting to see how closely its growth, growth path follows that of the spot copper prices. I thought we'd finish up our podcast today with a look at the data that's coming through our top 200 distributor surveys. Viewers and listeners of this Champion Fiberglass sponsored podcast will be the first folks in the electrical market to see this information. Let's first look at distributors' growth projections for the next year. While we all know that business was down by a significant amount in 2020, I was surprised to find that of the 41 early bird respondents that provided a sales forecast for our top 200 survey, 10 were expecting a rebound of more than 20% in 2021, and 16 are looking for an increase of 10% to 15%. The average for all the responses that we've gotten so far are a 12.5% increase for 2021. That's up quite a bit from the historical average for sales growth in the electrical wholesaling industry, which typically ranges between 4% and 8%. Acquisition activity is really starting to heat up in the electrical market. Last week's acquisition by Wesco of Anister grabbed most of the headline, in part because it will propel the company to the number one spot in North America as the largest electrical distributor on the continent. But since that time, we've seen a lot of other big acquisitions. These include the purchase by Graybar of Shingle and Gibbs Automation, Kendall Electric's purchase of Philadelphia's Rumsey Electric, Omnicable's purchase of Houston Wire and Cable, the purchase of electric supply of Tampa by the Supply Chain Equity Partners Group, the purchase by Van Meter of the remaining shares of the Werner Electric of Minnesota. 
We also saw Grind Electric's purchase of Baines Electric Supply in Massachusetts and the sale of the Chelsea Lighting Group in New York to the Kinsey Capital Partners Group. There's many reasons for the surge in acquisitions. One of the different uh, acquisition specialists has told electrical wholesaling that many owners of some of these family-run companies are thinking this might be a good time to cash out, in part because they think there might be some higher tax laws coming up with the Biden administration's uh, plans. Also, you had the PPP uh, financial incentives that helped out quite a bit on their balance sheets over the past year in the time, during the tough economic conditions. So we'll be watching these very closely. But uh, as one person told uh, that focuses on acquisitions told his wife, don't expect me to see me around a lot in 2021. I'm going to be busy with, with these deals. That wraps up things for today's podcast. A special thanks to the folks from Champion Fiberglass for sponsoring the Today's Electrical Economy podcast series in 2021. Please contact me if there's any other type of economic data you would like us to cover in these podcasts. Our next presentation will be on Monday, June the 7th. Until then, stay well, be happy. Look forward to talking with you again in a couple weeks.